0: All right, Coach, thanks for joining us here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I appreciate you taking the time. Um, for those of you that don't know, this is Coach Nate Selby. He was the head coach, first head coach at Sierra Vista. How many years?
1: Uh, I think
0: 13 years. 13 years. I got a 326 wins and 119 losses.
1: I'll take your that's word sound, for it. Sounds about
0: right. That's what Max Prep says. So um, – Let's start off with uh just kind of how you got into baseball as a as a young man and uh your kind of journey uh pre-coaching.
1: Well, I uh I come from a family. My dad is a uh was a PE teacher and a baseball coach and a football coach when I was a kid. So, uh sports and stuff was what we all did all the time and it wasn't necessarily uh baseball. When I was a little kid, we, you know, just go out in the yard and you did whatever you did, uh, but but playing ball and and competing it was always something we were doing. I had a group of neighborhood kids that kind of were into the same deal, so we uh, we did a lot of shooting baskets and a lot of playing ball down at the park and playing you know football at the at the park and all that stuff. And so, uh, kind of doing it all the time. Uh, we had a little different uh, as a kid. We played in what was called the Eugene Sports Program. Uh, I'm from Eugene, Oregon, and so. Uh, at the little league level, uh, everything was connected to your elementary school. So instead of going and playing with kids from all around town, you always played sports with the kids at your school. And so I played, I had kids uh, that I played, you know, in elementary school together and then in middle school and then in high school. So there was a real kind of a community of, uh, of sports. And so uh, we didn't, you know, for example, we didn't play baseball, uh, officially until third grade. Third and fourth grade was t-ball. Uh, and then, you, you know, matriculated through there. We weren't, we didn't play football until uh, fifth grade, but we had to play flag football for the first two years. We didn't get to play tackle football until we were uh, in middle school, seventh grade for us. Uh, so uh, doing that all the time. And uh, my dad was a, was a baseball guy. And so uh, I spent a lot of time at the, at the park with him. And playing, uh, you know, trying to play with with his high school kids, and that was always uh, something that, I, I, looking back on it, really helped me get better. I mean, I was not, you know, I was a little tiny kid playing with high school kids, but it uh, gave me an opportunity to uh, to kind of set my sights on what I wanted to, you know, how good you'd have to be to be able to do those kinds of things. And so there was a lot of uh, a lot of that stuff going on in my house. We were we were just doing sports all the time. So what high school? Uh, North Eugene High School. Uh, I graduated in '87. I played uh, baseball for all four years, and I played football for for four years uh, in Position. high school. Uh, in football, I was a defensive back and a receiver. And uh, my favorite thing on the football team. I also held the uh, the the field goal and PAT attempts which I always thought was awesome Uh, loved football if I had a different body I would I would uh, loved football a thousand times more than I loved baseball as a kid I just weighed 150 pounds so it wasn't going to work for me after high school Uh, in baseball I was a as a little kid I played third base uh, and then as a high school kid I played shortstop
0: okay you guys how was the how was the team
1: uh, we were super competitive uh, in our league. We won the league most years, uh, uh, and we were we were, we were were good. We didn't win the state championship. My dad never won a state championship uh, in high school baseball. He won more than 500 games, uh, but he never won the state championship in high school. He won it uh, in his Legion team, won the uh, state championship in 1985 when I was a sophomore on that team. Uh, the Oregon uh, state tournament's different than most Uh, state tournaments it's a single elimination and so uh, at least from my opinion it kind of makes it not necessarily the best team wins that because you run up against the one pitcher and you get beat even though you know the next day that they don't throw that best pitcher they're not really a very good team so it was a little different uh a deal I think you know the double elimination fits more of a, a baseball thing uh where you know you don't win in every game no matter what and then uh, post-high school? Post-high school, I went all over the world playing baseball. Uh, I uh, I started out my freshman year at UNR, and uh, I was going to redshirt. Then we had some injuries. I ended up playing, uh, and not necessarily very well, but I, I played as a freshman. Uh, I didn't really get along with the uh, – I don't want to knock anything, but it just the the program wasn't uh, really for me, so I transferred uh, my sophomore year and went to uh, Lassen Junior College up in Northern California, oh, yeah. and played for a guy named Steve Abney, who was uh, absolutely the biggest asshole that I've ever uh, been associated with. Uh, he was just un- I-, I would tell stories, but you would just think I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> He, he, was, he was half crazy, but he was a really good coach and pushed us hard, and we had a lot of good players, and we were we were very good, and I, I got a lot better. Uh, I went from there to uh, Texas Pan Am, which is down in uh, Edinburgh, Texas, which is South Texas, almost by the Mexican border. Uh, played down there. Uh, then uh, finished uh, my schooling up at uh, Western Oregon, up in uh, Oregon. Finished my degree. Uh, but I couldn't get into the uh, the teaching business in Oregon because my grades weren't good enough. I spent uh, a few years just kind of playing ball and not really uh, being very focused on that stuff. So I got my degree there and then uh, from there that was 1993. Met my wife at college in, uh, up at Western Oregon. Uh, got married, moved down here and uh, then I still had to go to uh, UNLV to get my teaching degree. So I still had another three years before I got so an actual Your gym. first
0: teaching job was? My
1: first teaching job was 1996. Uh, at Durango High School coaching with a guy named uh, Mike Gomez uh, who uh, won a couple state championships here in town and uh, was, a, was a very good coach. Uh, he, he uh, kind of the small world, uh, he knew a guy who had been a, uh, a pitching coach for my dad back in Eugene who had become the, the uh, pitching coach at the University of Florida. Anyway, he knew, uh, he knew Gomez and so uh, he uh, introduced me to him and I got a job there, and that worked out very well. I did the JV thing at uh, at Durango for five years. Really enjoyed it.
0: And you were part of the '99 state
1: championship. Was I mean, uh, uh,
0: the coaching staff?
1: Yeah, I was. I mean, I was. I was doing the JV team. I don't really take credit for for those kids. Uh, but yeah, I was there when they when they did. They had a lot of good kids. So you
0: coached Sherman.
1: Yes, Sherman was a sophomore. My uh, the first year that I coached, I'll tell you a quick story about Sherman. Okay, uh, Sherman. Uh, doesn't show up for intramurals I don't even know who the hell he is because he's not there I'm coaching these other guys and we're doing stuff and so here comes tryouts and we get a couple other kids that all of a sudden I don't know and my immediate thing is I'm going to cut every one of those guys I don't where the hell have you been for the last six months uh, so I'm basically going to cut Sherman uh, I'll give you a little story on that That he's about six four and weighs about 170 pounds as a sophomore, and uh, I went to Gomez and told him I was going to cut him, and he said, no, we're not going to cut him, so we kept him. Uh, he ended up being a very good player uh, and, a, and a good kid, uh, and he went to intramurals his junior and senior year when he was playing on the varsity yeah. team. He ended up being a very good player for, uh, for Durango and a, and, a, and a great guy.
0: Um, anybody else on Durango? Were you there when Fam was there, or was that later?
1: Fam was. uh, That's later. Uh, Yeah, that was. uh, That was. He he was. He. His dad was over here talking about coming over here. uh, Whatever that was. I think it was like 2005. Uh, I think he might be a 2005 grad. uh, The Fam guy. So anyway, he was. uh, He had talked about coming over here, but he. uh, He. His family couldn't move, and I don't have any magic dust, so it didn't didn't work out.
0: So Durango. After Durango, you came
1: here. 2001 uh they opened this school and uh i i applied for this job and got it uh that year that would be the the 2001 f- spring season because right. we opened in the fall i always remember that we've been open for about two weeks when 9-11 happened that was right when the school first opened uh so anyway 2001 uh, I lost my train of thought. What we were we saying? 2001, 2002 was the first. Spring? 2002 was the first season, season. Yeah. Season. At, uh, at Sierra right. Vista. So, uh, came, came here. They, we opened up the school. I got the job. I interviewed, I think it was like in February for the job here. And I got the job and that was a really hard year. I, I, I told myself that I was going to, do right, that I was going to, you know, stay focused on Durango and, you know, blah, 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 all the things that you want to do. Uh, and it didn't work as well as I had wanted. The, the The word got out that I had the job, and then everybody kind of knows that you're leaving. And uh, that season was was, was really rough uh, as far as just kind of keeping the wheels on the wagon. Uh, but we got through it the best we could. I wish I could have done better. Uh, and then the,
0: Did the school open – was it full – 9
1: through 12 No, we had a uh, we had uh, freshmen, sophomores and juniors and it was funny because we uh we had about 800 freshmen, which is about a normal size class. Uh but we had like I think we had 250 sophomores and like 180 juniors. So the school was really small. We're like today we got, you know, whatever 22, 2300. There was you know like 1200 kids in the school like half of the half of the building we didn't even use there you know a lot of classrooms with nobody in them nobody uh there so the 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 first year was you know you just don't have a lot of experience you did
0: did varsity with no seniors we did
1: varsity with no seniors and basically a whole bunch of freshmen and you know if you know the story that ended up working quite well for us because you know because of that we had to play some freshmen probably earlier than we would have if we would have had a bunch of older kids. Right. And so, you know, four years later when we're, when we're playing in the state championship, uh, we've got a lot of kids that have played a lot of baseball and, you know, had a lot of experiences and I'm sure that came into play to help us.
0: All right. So let's talk about that 05 season. So 2002, three, four, five, fourth year. Yep. Right. You played a lot of young guys over the last four years you want to just talk about that season and uh,
1: what you remember from it? Well, what I remember for real is how good m- my group of kids was. And I'm not talking about how good they were at hitting the ball. I'm talking about how good they were at wanting to be baseball players. They they were here day in and day out. And I mean, uh, it was my first years of being a head coach and I, was, I got my own ego and I've got my own concerns. And so I was I was trying to believe as hard as I could try I was 24 7 we we didn't take days off we were practicing in the rain we were practicing in the wind we were practicing at six in the morning uh, and those kids embraced it and it got to where we were we were doing something that we all wanted to do and uh It was it was a unique experience I uh, you know I coached a lot of other teams and I had a lot of good players and we had a lot of good work and all that stuff but that those first four years uh, when we kind of had our backs to the wall uh, when it was kind of us against the world when we were the new guys and the young guys and those kids just competed and I had some great leadership and uh, you'll think that I'm full of it but I I I coached my brother. He was on that uh, team also. He was uh, he was one of the first graduating classes from Sierra Vista. He was an 03 grad. And uh, him and a couple of his buddies that uh, had played for me over at Durango uh, came over here and really kind of set the standard of how we're going to do things. And it just, it just clicked. I mean, we didn't win all the games, but uh, there just wasn't many days where those kids weren't working. And, uh, you know, we got to where we made it to the state tournament, and we, you know, like anybody that wins it you get hot you know we had a couple kids that you know were throwing well and they did and we got a couple timely hits and you know that's how you have to do it I've had some teams that are super good that haven't won it so it's you know there's a little bit of luck or whatever involved in in winning the last game but those those kids worked and they were a team and they were were selfless and it was it was a it was a really unique experience looking back on it uh i i I do appreciate it, but I should have appreciated it more at the time of the the willingness of those kids and you know I don't know who's listening or if anyone's listening, but you know that's the same group that basically built this facility here at Sierra Vista, and if you've ever come to a game here, you know they built the batting cages, they built the storage sheds they built the you know they carried the blocks to build the bathrooms and the concession stand and the restrooms, and you know we would we would practice until dark. And then we'd move blocks for two hours and help people do construction work, and and it was it was a full time deal, all in. And uh, we were fortunate enough that the kids were on the same page, and it really, uh, I don't think you could have asked for a better deal. It just kind of rolled in there. Uh, my my dad uh, being a he moved my dad my parents moved here now oh, 2 or 3 years after i moved here and uh my dad was a a big help in in organizing a lot of that especially that construction stuff cuz when you're coaching you don't really have time for getting all the permits or whatever well, i can it's uh, speak
0: for everyone and say thank you for, it, it's pretty nice to have a pretty, have. pretty nice to have a bathroom absolutely. absolutely absolutely um what do you remember from that last game
1: uh what i remember is the uh, we had a kid Drew Leary who was a junior and uh, uh the The story was he he pitched the the game in the regional. He was our he was our number three pitcher. Uh, We had a Garcia, uh, Justin Garcia, uh, who was a four year starter, and Chad Riddle, a four year starter. Those were kind of our one and two pitchers, and then we had this Leary kid who uh, was our third pitcher as a junior, and uh, he was just I mean he he won the game. I mean he was just better than everybody else. I think he threw like you know. 60 pitches and threw you know 18 balls or something in the whole game he just basically dominated we got a couple timely hits hit a home run uh but really our pitching was carrying us through that tournament we had some really good arms baseball that's how you usually win it
0: and one of those guys was chris carter who uh made it to the majors actually led the league in home runs i believe with milwaukee
1: uh i can't remember what year that yes he did that was i don't know three or four years ago Uh, maybe five
0: how was he as a as a high school player
1: well, if uh, you look at his high school stats, it uh, it doesn't look like he was as good a baseball player in high school as maybe he was in the big leagues. Uh, he was he he was always you know, a big physical kid, and he was you know definitely one of our best players. But he wasn't what you would you know you might think of as the guy who might hit you know fifteen home runs. I think the most home runs he hit for us in a year was like five. So uh, he was a Chris is by far one of the nicest kindest guys in the world. And that's awesome. And if he was my son, I would give him a hug. Uh, as a baseball player, uh, his mannerisms are kind of the same. He's very, He was very passive and kind of mellow. Nothing seemed to really upset him or get him excited. And as a coach, I had a hard time with that. Uh, I... I I wanted a guy that that was scrapping and, and clawing as much as I was, and I, I many times felt like Chris wasn't quite in the boat. Like he, I wasn't. I, I talked to his folks, his dad, a couple of times because his dad was a real in my ear kind of guy, and I used to argue with his dad about, you know. I'm not sure that Chris wants to play baseball as much as you want Chris to play baseball. Uh, as it turned out, it's, it, I think it worked out great for Chris, uh, as he became a professional baseball player. I think that his mentality of kind of more relaxed and going with the flow works better over a 162 game season than Mr. Selby's uptight, uh, you know, go, go, go (coughs) go kind of attitude. I think it actually worked quite well for him. The, uh, to, he was a carter was a uh, transfer from centennial he uh, he was playing at Centennial at the time Centennial is the best team in the city they had just lost to the state championship should have won it uh, but they had a kid named Chris Bunnell as the third baseman and I don't know who's listening again but if you were around at that time Bunnell was awesome he ends up going to UNLV I mean he was he was a super good baseball player and, and Carter was a freshman and Bunnell kid was a senior and the Carter kid didn't play and his dad got mad and so they decided to buy a house over here and, and move over here and they, and they did after his freshman year and so this freshman summer uh we're traveling around the 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 country we're up in Oregon playing in some uh some games up there and uh he's playing third base and a guy hits a ground ball down the line and uh Chris didn't give quite the effort that I thought he should give he he didn't dive I don't know if he could have got it or not but he just kind of watched it go by and I just had had enough so after the game, we go in the hotel room, and I basically have a conversation with him, telling him that he needs to go home and tell his dad that he needs to buy a different house. That he's not going to play here <laughs> if he can't figure out a way to play harder. Uh, and uh, it, for Chris's uh, uh, defense, he uh, he did find a way to, uh, to 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 get along with me, and 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 he was a very productive. He also was someone who played. Way better the four or five games in that state tournament in 05. Uh, he makes a couple diving plays, hits a couple home runs. Uh, he, you know, all of a sudden played like the guy that maybe you, th- you know, would think would be there every day. Uh, I tried hard to talk him out of getting, of, of going in the draft. They draft him out of high school. And, uh, I mean, he just didn't have much of a senior year. He, you know, hit, I don't know, four or five home runs and, you know, hit three whatever number you know nothing nothing to write home about and they drafted him by thinking like the 14th round and gave him some money and I was I was telling him man you you shouldn't do that you should go to a junior college because sooner or later you're going to hit 20 homers and then when you do they're going to draft you (laughs) in a different spot and give you a lot of money. Uh, He didn't listen uh, and not that he has to listen to me but he he decided to go. Uh, He did come back a few years later after he was uh, in the minor leagues and all the the how the money works and blah blah blah, saying that you know he thought he left a couple million dollars on the table by not waiting to where he had a better bonus right. than the way he did it. But who can complain? You know, the guy's plays plays in the big leagues for a few years, and uh, that's uh, more than most of us. How are you guys today? Uh, well. Uh, if you know me, uh, you don't find me very easy because I'm not really on the inner world. So uh, I, I do run into I've run into Chris. You know, every every once in a while, the the guys call me up and say, "Hey, we're going out and having some beers and whatever." So uh, last time I saw him, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, he's he's Chris Carter. He he's mellow and he's he's nice. He's he's invested his money well. Uh, he's a He's just a regular guy and a, and a good kid. And a huge dude, if you ever see him. Yeah, no, he just I mean, turned into an unbelievable, he, like a behemoth.
0: He went to the the first two alumni games when I was here. and uh, I guess we didn't have one last year. It's coming back, though. The COVID world gonna, of last gonna, year. We're going to do it this year again. <laughs> All right. Way. February 5th. Perfect. So uh, I don't know if he can make it. But, uh, yeah, I've met him a couple times during that. And, yeah. He's, he's, he's a good guy. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. He's Absolutely. A good guy. But I can see, you know. Yeah, he's quiet. He's, he's very kind quiet, of reserved, very. Um, but very nice, very yep. nice. You know, respectable. He, I mean, he just—he's—he just he's a, yeah. he just
1: does not do anything other than be nice. Uh, and you know, in in the baseball world, I just wished he would have had a little more of a spark in his uh, backside. But I mean, it yeah. w- it worked for him.
0: All right, um, let's go to 2010. Unless you want to talk about in between, it, you know. I mean, what? Well, the, the, you, you develop the and you, you the other years we're we're
1: doing the the same stuff. We. Uh, we had a, a bunch of our talent. We, we didn't have the Chris Carter uh, kids for a couple years, uh, and we, we you know, didn't win a state championship. Really what happens after 2005 is the Chris Chef guy that Coach Gorman moves here in 2004, and we beat him a couple times. Uh, and then after we went in 2005, I think they went at like six years or seven years in yeah. a row, uh, and they're in our league so if they're in your league, it's pretty hard to get very far. Uh, you know, we actually won the league a couple of times with them in it, but we always lost to them in the in the regional deal to get out of there. So uh, we had some we had some good teams. Uh, in you know we were we were competitive. I mean much competitive all the years we were here. We were winning, you know, 20, 25 games uh, year in and year out. We had a, you know, a, a good set of coaches and a, and a, you know, administration that was supportive. And you know, we had we had invested and put a bunch into our facility, which you know, all of those things, you know, added up to uh, our success. And it wasn't you know me doing it. It really was a community doing it. I mean, I had an army of, you know, whatever. Fifty kids out there doing, you know, the manual labor, and I had parents that were helping, and so it really was a community effort. But we had a we had a bunch of success, but but never really uh, the kind of talent that we had early, and the talent that we ended up with later. Right. So in in 2010, you get the Kinghams. Yeah.
0: Right. They come over from uh, Calvary.
1: Well, where it really starts is 2008, when we have the Jake Hager kid and Thomasetti and. Alex Estrella, and there was a few others, whatever. Uh, and for whatever reason, uh, well, I, I do know the reason. Uh, we had a we had a dad uh, who had a kid that played here, uh, and his dad uh, G- Mr. Gachewski was his name. The uh, press box is named after him. He's the guy who right. used to always do all the announcing for us. But his dad worked at the Bellagio, and. His dad was a big believer in the Sierra Vista baseball program, and he worked with Hager's and Tomasetti's parents. They were all both living over by uh, by Coronado, and uh, so basically they were trying to figure out where they wanted to play because they decided they didn't want to play at uh, at Coronado. And so the Gachewski guy kind of talks them into thinking that this is a good place. They, <laughs> I feel bad. They all bought houses over here at Rhodes Ranch in 2008, which right when the right. thing went and for their families, some of those families, I think, you know, probably cost them a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of real estate to actually do it. I felt terrible about all that stuff. But anyway, they all move over here. And that kind of started our, our, our talent pool uh, getting a little, a little richer. Uh, And then in 2010, the uh, Kingham kid transfers over here, and actually he had transferred out of here. I didn't even know he was supposed to be here. He had uh, spent his first two years at a little school called Calvary Chapel down the street. Right. And they had kind of – they were trying to – the Kenny White guy was running that. Uh, Kenny White's the guy who – he did coach at Gorman for a little bit before the uh, chef guy got there. He also is – Kenny White's the guy that sets all the lines for the uh, books down on the strip. He's like a he's oh, like yeah. one of the four guys or whatever that get together and say we're going to put a line on it. So uh, anyway, he uh, he was trying to put to, to build a program at Calvary Chapel, and uh, in fact he he called me one day. Uh, talking about what he was trying to do. And his what his plan was that he didn't want to be a... At the time, there was only 4A in Nevada. He didn't want to have be a 4A school. He wanted to be a 3A school, but to be like the best in the country. And so he was talking to me about this, and, and, and I basically said, you know, I want no part of you because the only way that Calvary Chapel is going to get any good is if they take kids from Other places. Right. And so, you know, whatever. We have a talk about it. Anyway, that ended up not working for them. So they disbanded. And so that was when uh, Nick Kingham was a junior. So he was zoned for us originally. So after they quit or whatever, he came over here. He had to sit for... No, it must have been nine. It must have been nine when he came because he had to sit for a year because of the transfer rules. Right, and then he only played one year in 2010. Was the only year that he that he played for us. But that year we were very good. I mean, we had the 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 Hager and Tomasetti, and those guys were juniors. They'd been playing for three years. Uh, the Kingdom kid, big strong pitcher. Uh, and we were we were very good. We ended up getting beat by Gorman that year. Uh, but we we had some bad luck that year. Uh, the Estrella kid broke his arm in right field at a, in a Gorman game catching a fly ball. He actually catches it but runs into the fence when he catches it and breaks his wrist, and he was out for the season. And then in the state tournament, uh, we, win our, we win our first game, and we're playing in the second game, and Hager leads off the, the game. He's our leadoff hitter, and he gets a base hit, and he's at first base, and they try to pick him at first. He dies back, and he breaks his his, his wrist. And he was our number three pitcher, so we didn't throw him the next day against Gorman. Ended up getting beat, uh, but that was a, a very good team, but that ended up in the not winning thing. In '11, we're, we're we're super good. Uh, we start out, I think we win like th- like 35 in a row or something. We're ranked like you know 15th in the country, or you know we're all those things. And the people are coming, and they're writing things about us, and uh, the if you go back to what I was talking about in 05, where you, you know, you kind of get hot and we, uh, we weren't the best team at the end. And we, uh, we ended up uh, getting beat by Gorman. And then we are, uh, in the loser bracket, we, uh, got beat by green Valley. We were ahead of green Valley. Uh, we ended up giving up three home runs in a row to, uh, to get beat in the sixth inning. So that was a, a heartbreaker for, for all of us. But, uh, you know, a good run and uh, and good kids and good memories. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is there's only one team that gets to end the year with a with a win, and the rest of us all feel like we're uh, losers at the end a little bit. Right. So that's how it goes.
0: And then uh, Kingham. So he gets drafted. Did you have the same conversation with him uh, as you did with Carter?
1: Uh, not so much him. Well, the Kingham kid had a full ride to the University of Oregon. Uh, and uh, Nick is – a very smart kid. Not n- taking nothing away from Chris Carter, but but Nick Kingham was a very smart kid, good in the classroom, and he also, like Chris, is a big, huge dude. He's you know six five and whatever. And to me, uh, I thought Nick Kingham was going to be able to be a pro baseball player. There was no question. But I just personally believe that pro baseball can wait. It's it's going to be there, and the college game is is a better route for. Kids that can do college. So my thing with him was that you know go to the University of Oregon, play three years. They're going to treat you better than the minor leagues, man. You're going to travel better as the University of Oregon at, than you are on the the bus league in the middle of you know Kansas or whatever. Uh, but I didn't win that argument either. He uh, he decided to go, and you know it's it's worked out pretty well for him. He's been uh, he got some time in the big leagues, and he's off in uh, Korea making some money doing that. Uh, so uh, more power to all these guys. I. And then-
0: I uh, Jake, what about Jake?
1: Jake, uh, <laughs> Jake, it was it was crazy because at the time, uh, Jake's senior year, there's a kid at Gorman, the uh, the Gallo kid, right. and yeah, uh, the Gallo kid is the best high school baseball player I've ever seen in my life. He's like uh, he was unbelievable. Uh, he, he could play anywhere. He could he could run. He could hit. He could throw uh, the whole nine yards. And Hager's senior year. Jake was nothing but awesome for us. All he did was work as hard as anybody else, show up on time. He was the guy you never get. I've coached a lot of guys that'll bust their ass for you, but usually they're the guys that aren't the best talent. And I've had some guys that are really good talent, but kind of a pain in your ass. And and Jake was, he was he was the best player and he was the, the best player. I mean, he was trying as hard and doing all the things. Uh, and I, I always thought that Jake was a super good baseball player, and I, my problem with Jake was when I look at Carter and I look at Kingham and I look at Hager. The the magic dust that God sprinkled on Gallo and Hager and and oh sorry Gallo and Carter and Kingham is different than what they gave Jake Hager. Uh, you know he's a six foot one hundred ninety pound guy. He's not a six foot five two hundred and twenty pound guy. Uh, you know he can throw you know 90 or but he doesn't throw 97 you know he runs fast but not the fastest uh and so what i remember is his senior year everybody's loving him i love Kager. i mean there's scouts everywhere they're coming to our practices yeah, they're watching him like 580
0: no. something with like 70 hits in 30 games
1: phenomenal because that's what he was he was awesome i mean he just awesome uh but i never looked at him like the shoe in big leaguer you know i i, I just thought he was What I really thought he was going to be would be an awesome college baseball player and then go play some pro ball and that would be great. Uh, The problem was they drafted him in the first round and they offered him a million dollars. And so, you know – I'm no idiot. I mean, the whole point of going to college and stuff is to get to where you can make some money. If somebody's going to give you a million dollars, well, you've kind of already jumped to the front of the line. So uh, I had no problems with him. Uh, you know, that was one of the, you know when, when they did that. Uh, you know, to me, take the money, Jake. Uh, right. You're not going to get any better deal. You know, even if you go to Arizona State, he, that's where he was uh, right. planned on going. So, but the uh, the thing that freaked me out was that the Gallo kid. Ends up getting drafted in almost the exact same spot the year later, and I remember talking to all those scouts when they were talking to me about Jake. You know, Jake, 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 and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm always like, what about the what about the Gallo guy? Have you seen the Gallo guy? Because I mean, he's awesome. And the 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 true thing was was that Jake's work ethic and all of the good things that he had is why he got what he got. And the Gallo kid, the the you know, not that he was a problem, but he. He was more, I think, of the – I didn't coach him, but more of the guy who has a lot of talent who maybe isn't the hardest worker every minute. And I think that, you know, those things helped Jake move up a little bit and caused Gallo to move down a little bit. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, the Gallo guy's in the big leagues and he's going to be sitting there hitting 40 homers for a while, I think. Yeah. Because he's got some magic dust.
0: Yeah. um, You know, I, I know Jake from the alumni games too. And uh, we've actually we've gone out and seen him, in yeah. Miners when he's been in town. Another great guy. I oh, mean, uh, just
1: awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, my my favorite my favorite player uh, by far because he's got the two things: the talent and the work. Uh, I didn't have anybody else that could match up with those things. I mean, a lot of really good workers, but uh, very few guys that had his talent and then willing to put in all the work.
0: Um, let's move to the retirement. Hey hey. Uh, last season was thirteen. I right? believe so. You want to touch on what happened?
1: Well, that uh, I don't. I don't. There is a you know several things are playing on, and uh, and I think that I, uh, maybe the game or the, the the systems or whatever were kind of uh, passing me by anyway in two thousand thirteen. Uh, as far as kind of uh, what the what the emphasis on team. And uh, you know commitment to your to your you know in my mind the school and your you know your your buddies and and that kind of stuff with with all of the uh, uh, club teams and the scout teams and kind of everybody pulling on kids all different ways uh, that always kind of rubbed me a little bit wrong, uh, but what really happened was uh, we went uh, the the school district changed the how they uh, put sports how they how they where they put uh, teams and what divisions or whatever they were in. And uh, from the time I came to Vegas, there was always four divisions, and uh, all of the big schools in Las Vegas were 4A schools because it was all based on enrollment. So if you had, you know, more than 2,000 kids in your school, then you were a 4A school, and if you had less, then you were a 3A, 2A, right. 1A, whatever. So we were always the 4A school. Uh, when the, the district decided to change that, Uh, But when they first did that, they, they did it by, by points and not necessarily points for individual sports, but points for your entire school. And uh, Sierra Vista at the, in, you know, 2010, 11, uh, wasn't exactly a juggernaut in all the sports. And so when they, when they added up the points, depending on how many wins you got and things like that, our points were lower than they needed to be to be in what was then the 4A. So... We moved to the 3A, and uh, in my own world, uh, that kind of went against everything that that I was all about. Uh, I had when I was playing baseball in Oregon, I was playing and I was coaching when I was in college with my dad. And you know, my, the school that we were at, you know, maybe 1,200 kids, and we, uh, you know, again, we were good. Uh, and in the summer, we we traveled around the country and we played a lot of good teams, but but it always seemed like there was there were teams that were better than us. Uh, They just always seem to have, you know, the bigger, the the more kids. And so I always thought that it wasn't the fact that we couldn't coach our kids up. It was the fact that we just didn't have enough kids in our school compared to other schools and enough opportunities for our kids to, to compete with those kids. So that's really why I moved here was the idea that uh, get my teaching degree and get a school that's got, you know, 3,000 kids in it, get, get into a, an environment where the, uh, where the weather is conducive to, to playing baseball year round. I mean, in Oregon, you know, it starts raining about October and stops raining about May. So it's, right. you know, tough to play. So, you know, come here and, and see if you can do it. And so, you know, we we did it, uh, you know, and, and at least in, in our mind, uh, you know, we had proven that we could do it. We'd been here for 13 years. we have been winning, you know, 20 games, won a state championship, and we have been doing it against the best teams in Nevada. Right. And then all of a sudden to say that you're going to go down and play the, 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 the next tier of, 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 of schools, for the amount of effort and time that we were putting in, I just couldn't, I wasn't I wasn't interested in doing that. Uh, you
0: were a young guy, though, right?
1: Well, I was uh, – I mean, I'd be you about mean, 45. Yeah, you're about my age, I'm 46. I, so. I, well, my, my plan when I moved here was to get to a school and coach for 30 years. Uh, I wanted to win 500 games like my father did. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to come here. I wanted to have the same uniform from the first day to the last day. I mean, I had spent a lot of time – thinking about how Nate Selby was going to be a baseball coach and, and how I was going to build a facility and a, and a program. Uh, and you know, the, the, the problem was that, you know, we had done that. And, uh, I, I really felt like we were being kind of punished for what the other sports in our school had done because we had never been not competitive. Now there's, there was other sports in here that were happy. You know, I had, we had some, or at least I had some arguments with some people in this building because a lot of the coaches wanted to go down because they were getting beat and they, you know, right. a chance yeah. to be competitive and all that stuff, and I get that. But that hadn't been what the baseball program was. And so it didn't make any sense for me to, to – I just felt like it wasn't going to be very rewarding. Uh, either we were going to have to – either we were going to beat everybody or we were going to have to get worse than we were. And I wasn't really interested in doing either one of those two things. And so it just kind of lost its, uh, for the amount of time I was away from my family and all that stuff. I had a kid or I have a kid, you know, at the time she's, you know, 12, 13. Uh, and so it, you know, by not coaching, it allowed me to spend some time at home, which was good too.
0: No, uh, no want to maybe go to another school in the Valley.
1: No, I, no, I'd, we were just talking, there's a lot of bricks out there, uh, I wasn't really interested in starting over, and in order, to, in in my mind, in order to do it, you were going to have to do all this stuff. I mean, that's how you do it. You can't really cheat the system. You got to have a bathroom, and you got to have a press box, and you got to have but speakers. But maybe like
0: you know a, a Gorman job or a basic job, or you know, when Dio opened, going over there or anything.
1: Uh, well, to be honest, no. I, I, I got a call from a guy uh, the first summer that I quit. And I won't say where he was from because, uh, to be honest, when we were talking, he said, don't ever say anything about it. Yeah. Uh, and he they, they, they offered me a job at one of the schools. And uh, I said, you know, too early, not interested. Uh, and then after that, I, I, never, I never really feel the burning desire to do College? it. College? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you something about that. In 2010, I believe, uh, chef, chef gets the job from Gorman. And he goes and gets the job at CSN. Uh, and uh, when when that happened, I, I applied to that job at CSN, uh, and I didn't even get a callback. So looking back on it, I get it. Uh, I'm not a Vegas guy, and I'm not really a uh, – <laughs> not, not, not to say that anybody else is, but, uh, but I'm not a used car salesman kind of guy. Right. And so, you know, the whole idea of being the face of the university and trying to, you know, fundraise and the things that you have to do at that kind of a place, uh, I don't know that my that my skill set is really what you want to have because I you're not a kiss ass guy. Is that what you,
0: uh, well? Yeah, I just I don't want to put words in your no, mind. no. That's well. I mean, <laughs>
1: that was you know w- when when I was at Durango, that was that was a a thing there was a, you know, when I was there, we were building that facility, and there were, you know, some parents and things that were involved in that, uh, and there were some parents that thought that because they did something with regard to whatever, that that meant something good for their kid, and that just rubs me the wrong way all the way, Uh, and so, you know, that, uh I'm just not very good at that kind of stuff. I, I'm a pretty straight shooter. Yeah. I'm interested in uh, kids that are working hard, trying hard, and I don't really give a damn what your dad does.
0: And so after you was Sherm, After right? me was Sherm.
1: He had been our pitching coach for the last, uh, I think, maybe a couple years before that. Was that pretty cool? Have a
0: former player?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a good deal, and he knew the kids. And, you know, it, we was teaching here at the school, and so that was a pretty easy transition for that. Uh, and I, I don't uh, – I, th- I think that was great i was I was surprised uh that they didn't open up this job uh they never ran a uh you know and, and and mostly it was just out of my own curiosity of who might be interested because we were leaving a pretty good facility and a pretty good program uh but they uh they hired him without uh without talking to anyone else and, and that's fine it was it was the easy you know yeah. transition uh and he did a good job second year made it to the uh, state finals uh, got beat by Boulder City if i remember right yeah. but he had that a was the he pitching had, coach there you go had a pretty good <laughs> had a pretty good run out that's right i forgot you were yeah. Yeah, that's and right that's right that's the right. first
0: year i came on and uh, you know i not to take your time here but you know i remember i flew out here from Washington state right and how i got the job was i looked at who had pitching who who had coaching openings right because i knew that coaching can always get me a teaching job so i think it was sierra vista like del sol and desert pines or something then you made the good and choice so, well i looked at the records <laughs> so you know so i went on max preps and i and i saw the records and i saw that they were in the playoffs that year and so i sent a message to sherm saying you know hey you know i'm gonna fly out you know you maybe talk about this pitching you know or right. assistant job or whatever and so I flew out here, and I met him in the stands, and we talked, and I said, you know, hey, uh, I don't want to be just a varsity pitching coach. I want to be the program pitching coach. You know, I just want to sit there at the bullpen and, and, and do all the bullpens, all, you know, all day long. Because <laughs> you're and, a pitcher. Right. Only pitchers want to go in the bullpen. Right. And, he, and, and he was like, yeah, that sounds great, which, which as a pitching guy myself – it's tough to to relinquish that to somebody. No, that was like a that they, was they a don't know. That was a goofy
1: deal with the it's head coach um, being a pitching guy and then right, you being up. I mean, right. you but got he, a lot of
0: expertise in one. He never once micromanaged me. Yeah, go do it. That's know? uh, that's and, excellent. Uh, and we had a good team that year. Oh yeah, I think we were one A. That's when they kind of flipped. Yeah, it. however they called it, they but yeah, it. yeah, they went to the Division One, One A, <laughs> and three because they didn't want to have a two because it kind of the deal you're talking about tr- still trying to make it one. Right. Um and yeah, we had a we had a we had a good run. Yeah, Absolutely. I think, we were, uh, I think we were 21 and 20. We lost 20 games. Yeah, well, but if played. I remember your schedule
1: was you guys yeah, played we, a lot of the the, well, we, the higher the better right. schools, we, we which always, is how you should do it.
0: We always do that. You yeah, know, playing the first tournament I think we started out 0 and 7 that year. And then uh you know, we beat Centennial and that was a big uh big win for Oh yeah, they've been year. a perennial but, uh, good
1: one here for as long as I've been here. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Charlie's, you know, I, I coached there for one year, but um, I love Charlie. After when when Sherm left, huh? Yes or no? Anzalone came to you to take it over again. Uh, yeah.
1: When uh,
0: he? Cause that's just a rumor I heard.
1: No, he. Well, he. I can't. I'm trying to remember <laughs> when he. Uh, uh, one that of those. Uh, one of those years. I guess it would be 16. The, end of 16. Uh, he. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, at some point, I, I don't. I guess. I assume that's the year. I can't remember. But. Uh, yeah, he he got the job here. Uh, he knew about me. He was he came from El Dorado, right. and uh, I had a uh, the Stotts uh, right. kids were here, uh, and the one that went to Do is you know going to be a big leaguer too. Uh, but his mom coached or coached, taught at El Dorado, and so when he got the job here, she had kind of put in his ear that she you know her kids had played for me and enjoyed the time and whatever blah blah. So he did ask me. Uh, I didn't. Uh, you know, it was a five second conversation right. of I'm not interested in doing it. So, uh, but yes, he did. Did
0: he ask you after Moise when I got the job?
1: He only asked me one time. I don't, okay, uh, that, just, just that's the one time. Just the one time. Uh, okay. I can't, that's why I'm saying. I was I just curious. No, I don't, I don't. He uh, re- keeps going back to Selby. Hey,
0: come back. Come No, here, come no,
1: back. no. He did not do that. He, he, he <laughs> one time, I, I think it was probably after Sherman uh, and said, it was after we had moved a division. Didn't we move? Yeah. So we went, we were 1A. Right. And then. After Sherm, we were. S- they moved a division deal somehow a little bit.
0: Yeah, they moved us back up. Yeah,
1: they switched it back to four. Okay, so that's that's and when then he, we moved back to four A. Th- that's that's when he talked to me because that was his sell was you know now that we've moved back up are you interested in coming back and I basically I just said no I mean it was a seriously a five second type of deal I so was that
0: must have been then he called me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he that's, that no that's not that's Moyes. There's Moyes between Sherman and you. Right. Right. Well, I think right. I think he asked me before they hired Moyes, not asked me before they hired No, you're me. right. You're right. Because they moved, it went back to
0: 4A, Moyes' is right. two right. years. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, no, uh, uh, Ansel wasn't trying to be sneaky or anything. I mean, there was no, the, no, no. Just, I, I thought he was going to go to you after Sherm. I didn't even go for it. No, I, I did it. I said, Moyes, if you want it, you know, you, you were a, a JV head coach. I love doing pitching, so right. go for it. And then you know all the shenanigans with that, and then right. I left, and and then he. you a know. A good year
1: at Centennial for you though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was on JV. That that was kind of the issue with me is when I left. I was I went to Arborview for a year, mm-hmm. in a, the spring of seventeen, right? Okay, and uh, you know, coaching with Whitey. Whitey, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, no Whitey. Then I live up by Centennial. So I was kinda, you know, I had a bad taste in my mouth here at Sierra Vista. Right. That year when I left. No, I was surprised you came back. So I went to Cent I went and taught at Centennial and the principal there is like, You gotta coach here. You can't coach at Arborview. I was like, Okay. And so the only spot for me was J V Assistant. I
1: tell you, man, I, so, I enjoyed my five years of JV as much as anything well, I, at I the time. I did it for so
0: long. You know, I, I'm one of those guys that worked his way up. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Man. I was a freshman uh, assistant coach, right. then a, a JV assistant coach, and then a varsity assistant coach, and then a JV head coach, and then an assistant assistant. I mean, this is my first head coaching job at the, at the varsity level. And uh, so when I went to Centennial – you know, I, I I haven't told too many people about this, but I was probably going to retire after that first year at Centennial because I wasn't I wasn't doing pitchers. Coach August was doing pitchers at Centennial on the JV. Right. You know, just. Felt like you weren't really getting used I, to. I, I, I wasn't. Wasting With all your... the time that I put in, <coughs> you know, all the nine months out of the year that I put in, like I, I have to do what I love. I, and, that's, and that's pitching at, at the minimum. And I, I just wanted to be head coach. So when Anzalone called me, you know i still remember it was <coughs> june 7th of 18 and he said hey you want to come back which i was surprised because we didn't leave on a bad note but it was still you know kind of whatever right um so he called me and said do you want it you know he didn't interview me or nothing he said you want it and i said let me you know call my wife right because if i do this <coughs> i got to put my whole heart you, uh, that's, into, uh, Yeah, you, you know. got to have a wife that's um, willing to do it. Right. And so I, I called her, and then I called him back, you know, right away and, and took the job. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, it's uh,
1: – well, you guys have had a pretty good run here. Last year winning the state championship.
0: Yeah, I mean – Yeah, know, there's nothing wrong with that. Going back down, you know, we're 4A. Yeah.
1: There's a 5A now. It's, it's way different. Like, you know, the, it's the same scenario – um, but they've changed that a lot in that it's not just kind of the bottom feeders. There's a, the, the, the divisions all have some teams that are. There's, you know,
0: the thing that made last year special was <laughs> beating 95 mile an hour pitching twice.
1: That's what I'm saying. I mean, you there's, know, uh, you know, Silverado's so in that division. They, I mean, Silverado's was a, has been, had a good program just like yeah, we did for all yeah. the years I was here. Shadow, yeah. Foothill. Yeah. I mean, there, there's. Exactly. The
0: with Guest, you know, yep. solid. Um, and, you know, it's just not the same. So, but, you know, like, I, like I've always said, they put you in a division and, and you just try to win those be, games. Beat the guys that you're, you that know, that you're playing what against. Are you, what are you going to do? Um, I'm sure we'll be up 5A here in a couple of years. Um, so, got off track there. Sorry. No, no, you don't. Nope. Um, retirement. Let's talk mm-hmm. about retirement. What do you, what do you miss about What
1: I miss about coaching is the the team deal, and going back to what I was saying on kind of the things that were leading up to me not coaching. uh, You know, what I enjoyed was the idea of having some guys that are in a foxhole, that are on your team, that are that are invested in what you're doing. And I think that that's a little bit of a of a dying breed. I look at the college football with the portal. I mean, I'm here, I'm on the team, if something doesn't go right for me, I'm out of here. Right. Uh, that's, that's just not my speed. That's not, you know, like back to when I was a little kid where you, you know, I played baseball with Eric Gentry and Corey Nicholson, man. Those were my boys. I mean, that's who I'm, that's who I'm going to battle with. Uh, and I wasn't trying to find the scout team. I wasn't trying to see if I could transfer schools. Th- these were my guys. And, you know, back to that first four years, we had that. I mean, those guys bled Sierra Vista blue, man. I mean, it was that's all we did. I mean, ain't nobody talking about playing anywhere else. We were we were here. We were invested in this minute, and I love that. I mean, that's the competition with with people that you know that you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into. I mean, that's what I enjoyed about coaching. Uh, the 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 end of you know the the winning the game isn't as much as doing the work, and you know I you know just go back to all the work that those kids did and and what it no offense to jake Kager and 11 or your kids today but you know in o, in 05 dude when you went to the bathroom you built the bathroom i mean it meant it it means right. something to you man those you know we were the guys putting the concrete for the batting cages we were the right. guys that were doing that stuff and so you know the the investment was was there and so it creates, uh, you know, that kind of an atmosphere, and, and that's what I really enjoyed about all sports, was was competing with other guys that had gone through all the crap, you know, back to the the Abney guy at, when I was at that junior college in California. I mean, he was such an asshole. I mean, he just ran us and, you know, challenged us and just worked us to death, and a lot of kids quit, and we started with probably 100, and we ended up with, like, 18 or whatever, we went home for Christmas. But, man, the 18 dudes that were there, you know, they weren't going to quit. Uh, they weren't going to cry. Uh, and, and and that kind of a thing is very attractive to me in, in being part of that. Uh, and I, I, I miss that concept. I think that it's becoming harder and harder to replicate that concept as we uh, – mm. I think our society maybe becomes a little more selfish on uh, how does this work for me as opposed to how can I be part of the system. Uh, You know, we we sold a whole group of kids on, you know, bunting is cool because it can help us win a game. Right. And we're not going to be all concerned about that we didn't hit any home runs. Let's be concerned that we scored three and they scored two. And, you know, that's how we're going to do it. Because, you know, the first few years we didn't have any, you know, young kids. We weren't hitting any home runs. Uh, so, you know, you had to do it other ways and, and kind of building those kinds of relationships and those kind of trusts where you, where you know that guy's going to be here. I mean, because I was hard on those kids and, you know, they'll come here and tell you stories, half of them probably lies, but, you know, <laughs> about all the things that we did. Uh, but all the things that we did, we did together. And so we all did all those things. And so, th- you know, it, it creates a, an environment, a, a team. And uh, that's that's really what I. And you had guys play year round with you, right? I mean, it wasn't. We like, played we played year. Round. I mean, I'm telling a you, man. We
0: going on, like probably not like it was. Now. Well,
1: when I when I first moved here, uh, I was at Durango, and <laughs> after practice, Gomez would have the LVBA. That was the Las Vegas Baseball Academy at the time. Uh, they would. They would have, like, practice, these kids from all over town. And so Gomez would have those guys practice over at Durango. So we would practice regular, and then the kids would go home, and then these other kids would show up here, and then we would they would play some games, and we would coach them up a little bit. And I, I was like, you know, this isn't me. I'm not interested in helping right. you win a centennial, dude. You're the enemy. Right. Uh, so, so the next year, uh, me and the guy that I was coaching with, we, we made our own—we went and played our own little league games. We just said, okay, I'm going to take my JV team and just travel around and turn that into our little club team. And so uh, we did that every year. We had our own fall league that we played in, uh, you know, traveled to a couple different places. We always used to go to Arizona and, and uh, California in the, in the fall. Uh, and then we ran a Legion program. Uh, I ran it for the first couple years, and then Gil ran it for the last 10 years or whatever. Him and B were doing that how, stuff. How,
0: how important is it to you? I know, I know how important it is to me, but how important is it to you that your guys play together as much as possible?
1: Uh, it's, it's, all the, it's all the thing. Uh, to me, the, the road trip, man, the road trip is, is, is important. It, uh, and, it, you know, it's important for 100 different reasons. When we traveled, uh, we made our kids travel with us. And so we, we got two vans. Uh, we, we paid for hotels. We put four kids in a, in a two-bedroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we ate together. Uh, I really discouraged our parents from really traveling with us because, uh, you know, and if they did, I was, I was fine with, you know, you could have your kid a little bit dinner, but your kid's here. I mean, we're not we're not hanging out with our mom. We're hanging out with these guys. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get to that point. Yeah, and right to, to to me, those are the those are the things when you can create that team when you got them and you can run them all night. You know, you can you can laugh with them all day. You get the flat tire. Every, you know, everybody's going through all of that stuff. And and to me, those are those are huge team building uh, exercises to say the least. I I always. I always love a road trip. That's the best thing about baseball is is getting on the road, in my mind. So all that stuff, I think, is 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 huge when it comes to when to building a team and and kind of uh, finding a way. It just gives you different. There's different avenues of coaching when you have them 24 seven for a week or ten days. Right. There's a you know some different adversity. Uh, you know, kids don't have their mom to cry to, so they try to cry to you, and you can tell them to. You know you can you can help a kid grow up, which is what you're supposed to be right. doing when you're coaching is turning a kid into a man. So uh, those are huge things in my mind.
0: Um, what do you not miss?
1: Uh, well, I don't miss fundraising any. Yeah, I'm a terrible fundraiser. Uh, I hate asking people for money, and uh, I'm no good at. It. So fundraising horrible. I would say that I don't miss the parents, but and I don't miss the parents. Uh, but I. <laughs> I had an amazing run of really not having parent problems. I, I, can't, mm. I can't tell you three parents that really gave me any grief. And, and yeah. uh, parents can, are a problem, and I really tried hard to distance myself. Uh, one of the things we did early was built that fence from the dugout to the right. tennis court. <laughs> so there's, there's us. And there's them, right. uh, you know. When I, you know, when I, we were taking BP or whatever, and I walk to the bathroom, you know, you keep your head down and your eyes down, and you try to walk by people and not not say hi. You know, I'm not really interested in all that stuff. So, uh, those things I, I don't miss. I do miss mowing the grass because I love grass, but I do, but I don't miss all of the uh, all of the other. Just the amount of time it takes, it's just unbelievable, and you know that. I mean, you're doing it. It's just, you know, the the fact that every Saturday morning I was here at 6 o'clock in the morning, whether we practiced or not, just, you know, you're doing something, fixing a sprinkler or running some water or fixing a batting cage or whatever. Oh, yeah, I
0: I think I do a lot, and then people tell me stories about what you did
1: out there? Well, it's we were we uh, were trying hard. It's, it's too try- much for me. I'm i put enough. Yeah. You know, that's I I totally agree, and and that's part of how I look at it now. As a as a 50 year old man, you, are you interested in doing all that stuff? I'm not that interested at 50. Yeah. You know, at, at 30, they, I was it was everything I wanted to do in my entire life. Right. Uh, and so you know, as, as I've grown older, I've you know, it's not the same kind of a deal. But I I I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But I'm not really that interested in going back to it either.
0: All right. Uh, let's end with something non baseball. All right. Coffee. God, I love it. What
1: are,
0: uh, what are we drinking? Just Folgers Black, baby. Folgers Black. Folgers Black. You, That's don't, even, all. you don't even get the good shit?
1: Nope. <laughs> Look at man, when you, when, you, when you hang out with Nate Selby, you don't get anything fancy. If we're going to the bar, I'll have a Bud Light. How many cups a day? Yeah. That probably could get me fired if the principal's listening. Uh, I don't know. I, I start out the morning, I take my dog for a walk. And so I make a pot of coffee and have a, have a couple, I'm walking my dog and then I come and I got a pot of coffee in my room that I make another pot. Sometimes people steal. So, so I, I'm probably, you know, if, if you were talking about like a little, like a 12 ounce little coffee, I'm probably going through six, seven, maybe eight of those. (laughs) Uh, it depends on the day. It, uh, it, it, it gives me. I'm a. I'm a morning person, and uh, I try to bring a lot of energy to my class and all that stuff. And it. Right. it it's. It's why Mr. Selby is ready to go at seven in the morning, because uh, I've been drinking coffee since four thirty. But
0: the Folgers, huh? Folgers.
1: Nothing cheap. I'm not like my wife. I can't afford it. My wife is getting the double latte, frock of mocha, whatever See. they're eating, and I. I. For thirty six bucks, we can't afford two of them. Yeah. I'm yeah. A, <laughs>
0: you know. I, I told you, I think I told you like a year, maybe a year or two ago, I was like, I got to start drinking black coffee. I got to quit putting this Kramer in it. <laughs> and so I, I, I finally switched and it's like going from like Coke to Diet Coke, right? Like you hate it, but then you get used to it. But I have to get the good stuff.
1: Well, my, get- my theory when I started drinking coffee was I was going to drink black coffee because that way I would always be able to drink it. Because if you got to have sugar, you got to have cream. Right. And sometimes you that's, show up and the guy says, hey, I only got black coffee. That's a great point. So my theory was I'm just going black coffee. And, and my, uh, I don't know, my mojo is kind of just uh, trying to be low, under the radar, uh, don't do anything special, uh, and coffee kind of plays along with that with just good old Fol- Folgers, good enough for me. What do you like without it? Without coffee? Yeah. I drink do you, uh, do you, coffee. Do you want to kill I drink kill people? water. Oh well, we don't know because <laughs> i don't really uh, I don't really go very so when often was the last without...
0: time you didn't have a cup of coffee in, on, in a day
1: maxwell I, I for real i don't I don't know that there's been a day <laughs> for for quite a few days uh, no seriously i I drink coffee I, every morning I just drink coffee so I, I don't know that I haven't. I would assume that I would not have to kill the kids, but why risk it all right. All right. <laughs> Yeah, Hello? you drink a coffee every day? Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you didn't have a cup of coffee? <sighs> good point. Yeah. You know, that's why Starbucks is rich, because they figured out that coffee is a drug. And some reason, it's a legal drug. I always laugh at the kids. It's like, you know, because they'll be like, man, you're crazy. You're so hyper. Why are you so hyper? And I'm like, well, it's, you know, well, hot number two of coffee, it's a drug. I mean, you drink enough caffeine, man, you're, you're ready. Two days ago. What's today? Wednesday? Yeah. So...
0: Tuesday, was it yesterday? God, it must have been yesterday. I get in the truck and I'm on my way to school and I'm like, oh shit. You don't have your coffee. I forgot my coffee.
1: And you How turned your hell? ass around, didn't you? No, I didn't. You're crazy. I would have driven 100 miles. I didn't. What I did <laughs> was I, the... went,
0: I, I went and stopped at the Chevron and I got a shitty whatever, whatever bro. diarrhea. The, the things in the pump comes out of the pump. So I got a big 24 ouncer and I. Choke that shit down, you know. But I can always call Chong. He'll bring me a... Mocha pros. Frappuccino. He'll, he'll bring me what the pros drink. <laughs> what the pros... No, just black... So, I, here's, here's another coffee story. So, I go to Starbucks with the wife on Saturday, I think. And she, or she... Her fucking order... She wants a venti, hot chai tea, no fucking water, extra hot two extra pumps of chai i'm like this is a fucking ridiculous order and then so she orders it across you know she's in the passenger seat across right you ordered i can't so, say all yeah, that like, fuck it i don't want to say all that shit and then so i go yeah i'll just and can i get a you know a, a grande iced coffee black no no and and the lady was like i don't i don't understand what you're saying you're like, all clear on the fire alarm. What Thank fire you. alarm? Peter, please ignore the fire alarm. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. You're going to burn out here. You don't even have a fire alarm. <laughs> that, she ruined it right there. So um, I'm like, what? What do you, I just want a black co- iced coffee, black. And my wife was like, uh, cold brew. I'm like, uh, okay, a uh, uh, fucking grande cold brew? Okay. I'm like, you don't know what a fucking iced black coffee is? No, I, How do you not
1: just ice black? What do you mean? What do I mean? What do you mean? <laughs> my Starbucks story, my wife sends me the first time. I'd never been to Starbucks before, you know, whatever, 10 years ago. And uh, she sends me, she writes down what she wants because it's some kind of a thing that I don't know. And I actually thought that she might just be like messing with me. So when I go and order that thing, I'm like, yeah, can I get a large? Or it's not a large; it's a you know, venti, right. non-fat vanilla latte. Right. And so I'm saying this stuff, and I'm half expecting the lady in the mic to be like, "What the f- are you talking about?" And she just took the order like, "No big deal." Well, that's what my, my wife life... said. And my, then my wife said, "That's how everyone orders." Well, I tell you what, I... I always shake my head like.
0: This fucking order is ridiculous. When I go to, that's how everyone orders.
1: When I go to Starbucks, I always say the same thing to them. I just tell them I want a large black coffee, and they always, oh, you mean a grande mocha, whatever oh, the thing. No, Ameri- I mean whatever. Large, large black coffee. You want yeah. an Americano? <laughs> I'm most and that, right. We are in America. Yeah. I don't know why we have all these Italian th- words going on for our drinks. Why we don't? You know, I, I know that whatever ventes a. Medium or twenty? S- uh, who knows? Twenty. That means well, twenty in well, Italian, right?
0: Yeah, the thing is, uh, grande, venti, tall. They all mean. Yeah, that's from that movie. That's from that movie. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so we're just speaking this. That's from the. Like. That's from the role models movie with Paul Rudd, where he's talking about that <laughs> in the in the beginning. But yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on and. and well, thanks for like, having me. Giving us uh, some uh, insights into the life and times.
1: Well, it was uh, it was good times, and if there's anybody out there that was on any of those baseball teams that uh, were here at Sierra Vista with me, I appreciate those kids. Uh, they, they did the work, and there was a lot of them that did a lot of it. So uh, thanks for being part of it, and I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Coach.